you waiting for me. That's cool, because I've got a really cool show on this week's Tuesday 10 Talk. I am talking about everybody's favorite Christmas movie. No, not talking about Die Hard, but that is a Christmas movie. I am talking about the movie that premiered 31 years ago today, and a movie that is number 17 on the Christmas movie list. Yes, somebody made a movie list about that. I'm talking about the movie that is the third in a trilogy, with the first being a family trip to Wild World, the second being a family trip to Europe. If you haven't guessed by now, yes, I am talking about the third movie in the Griswold family vacation movie. This time, they stayed at home for Christmas vacation. <laughs> now, as you sit back and you decide where to slot that in this year between the Hallmark movies and those fun holiday Christmas old-time cartoons, let me fill you in with some behind-the-scenes fun and knowledge so that when you're sitting around a campfire and the Christmas cookies, you guys can share and talk about it. Come on. Check this out. Christmas Vacation, written by John Hughes, who we all know and love. We love his movies. Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He originally wrote this as a short story called Christmas 59, while he was writing for the Harvard Lampoon, which would eventually go on to become National Lampoon. And the story was loosely based on his Christmas in 1959. And you can actually dig around and actually see this short story on the internet, as I did. Now, Christmas Vacation was the middle of a travel trilogy. Not only was it a Griswold trilogy, trilogy, but it was actually a travel trilogy, which started in 1987 with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the Steve Martin John Cannon movie, which you have not seen go after this and go watch. And then in 1989 came Christmas Vacation. And the last movie was 1990 with Home Alone. And so he wrote all those movies and directed trains, plane trains and automobiles. Now, oddly enough, there's only two Christmas movies that came out in 1989, Christmas Vacation, and a movie called Prancer. And both those movies starred Johnny Galecki, who played Rusty in Christmas Vacation. Just some weird little tidbits of randomness, which I'm gonna share a whole bunch more right now. So the first crazy thing that happened on this shoot was when the aunt uncle came and knocked on the house and knocked on the door, there was an earthquake at the time of them entering. So you can actually see this a little bit in the movie. Watch closely, because there's a little bit of shake in the camera. And that was unintentional. That was man-made, or, or that was not man-made, actually. So if you notice the houses, if you take a quick look at the houses, both their house, the Griswold house, and the house next door of uh, the, the, the not-fun neighbors, uh, Todd and Margo, the Griswold house is actually in the TV show Bewitched, and the Todd and Margo house, that was the house where the Murtaugh's lived for all of the Lethal Weapons movies. Yes, so you can imagine and surmise that this lot, this housing, this lot, was actually the back lot of Warner Brothers. Very much easier to shoot there, and, and especially when 
They shot this movie in the summertime, not the winter. Fake snow and all. Now, Christmas Vacation marked the final film of Meg Questel, who was actually the voice of Betty Boop. And she passed away shortly after this movie. But nonetheless, she gave us one heck of a funny way to remember her life. If you didn't know, she was Betty Boop. Most of you probably saw this, if you look closely enough, or you got the gag. But watch next time you see this, when the SWAT team comes barreling through the house and scares the living crap out of the family. Beverly D'Angelo grabs Chevy Chase in his crotch area. Now, this was improvised by her, and since nobody said anything the first take, she kept doing it upon further takes, and thus ended up in the movie. And so if you caught it, good. If not, watch it next time. The Squirrel. Everybody's favorite squirrel. So originally, the production had a trained squirrel to come in, and do train squirrel things. But the day before they were supposed to shoot with the squirrel, the squirrel passed away, as squirrels do. So they had to get a new squirrel, a new pet squirrel, who was not as trained as the other one. And so some of the antics and the craziness that happens was a little bit unplanned. But can you really plan anything with a squirrel? Especially in a cat in the house? So Chevy Chase actually injured himself while filming this movie. The second time when the lights didn't go up on the house and he got all frustrated and he start, started throwing things and bashing things and ripping things down and kicking things, he actually broke his pinky. And so in the middle, in the middle of a take, while this was happening, so in order not to bust the take, he just, that's when he turns to kicking. He, he kicks the Santa and he kicks the other snowmans and that's... Uh, what you see there, that was a result of him not wanting to ruin the take because of his injury. What a trooper. Now, this was a fun thing to learn. When they get the mail, when the mailman comes, the delivery guy comes, and he gives Clark what he thinks is going to be the letter about his really big bonus, and it turns out to be what it is, just in case you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> I won't spoil it, but I will say that his rant afterwards when he finds out it's not what he wants, when he goes in that what seems to be a two-minute-long tirade of expletives and adjectives, so that he could get through the whole thing in one take and not have to cut it up. You see the shot from his point, from the cast's point of view, the family's point of view, and they were all on, around their necks wearing different words. So he could look at them in succession and read off the words and get those, get the lines right. Sometimes you got to do clever things to, to, to hit those punchlines. And that's what you see there. And him, when his eyes are darting around, he's actually reading those words. This vacation was the only vacation to get a sequel. And because of the success of Christmas Vacation, became Christmas Vacation 2. As sometimes happens, even though uh, uh, John Hughes was not a fan of sequels. Now, he wasn't involved in this much. But Randy Quaid was, and it became a story about him and his family going off and getting sent to a tropical island and the craziness that ensues there. Straight to video, I don't think many people saw it. Probably maybe a third of the people that saw 
Christmas Vacation saw this one. Rightfully so. That's why you don't always make a, a sequel to a really good movie. Now you would think of all the hype and all the funness surrounding this movie that it would have won its, its weekend and been the big king of the box office. However, not so fast. Interestingly enough, the Christmas Vacation opening weekend was bested by the second weekend of Back to the Future 2. So Michael J. Fox bested Chevy Chase that weekend, but still, they both totaled around $11 million. Yeah, not bad back then for a movie. Now, oddly enough, this movie, this Christmas movie, we never get to see Christmas. The movie ends on Christmas Eve. So you're left wondering what the Christmas was at the Griswolds. And maybe even Christmas over at Todd and Margo's after the house was kind of demolished. They probably just went to an expensive hotel. But what did the Griswolds do? We'll never know. Unless somebody makes a new sequel and it's a dream sequence or a flashback. Well, I hope you've had a good time just kind of rehashing this one and learning some new tidbits about one of the greatest Christmas movies, in my opinion, uh, that you can watch and with your family. And a lot of fun, very funny, never gets old, and you find something to laugh about every time you see it. Okay, maybe that's just me, but I do. That's all for this week, and I hope you have a great start to December, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. This has been Tuesday TED Talk, and I'm your host, Scott Foster. We'll be back for another one. Are you somebody who works out? Are you somebody who needs some caffeine to get you going in the morning? Well, I'm both of those, and I've discovered Raise Energy Drinks. Raise Energy Drinks is one of the best energy drinks on the market today. When you think energy drinks, you're thinking, you know, Monster or Bang or Red Bull. But it's better than that. It has flavor, and it has the ingredients that are more beneficial, and when it it's not some magical potion to do the everything for you. And there's no crash. And I really like it. It's also good for post in terms of recovery. If you like it and you want some, you want to try it, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P-S-P-O-R-T-S.com, and use TweetTalk15. That's TweetTalk15 for a discount to anything you buy over there, particularly the Rays.